Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Happy New Year, Bab. Happy New Year. <laughs> Welcome to Bareback in 2022, wow. the podcast where we navigate our lives together as a bear couple and discuss the quirks of our respective cultures. I'm Ben and I'm British. And I'm Benka and I'm Argentinian. And this week it's our New Year special. Special. We love a special. <laughs> so we'll be revealing our New Year's resolutions for 2022 before taking a look back at the best of series one and series two. Well, it is 2022 and we are here, we're away already, enjoying a couple of days here in glorious Norfolk. I mean, glorious is a little bit of an overstatement, isn't it? <laughs> well, the countryside is beautiful, the weather, oh, yeah. the weather not so much. You know, British weather. Um, yes, yeah, so we're very lucky. Uh, my best friend has a holiday home here and we were invited along for New Year and of course we said yes. Yeah, there's a lesson to be learned there, people. Invest in your friendships. <laughs> no. You get free shit. <laughs> it was a happy, happy coincidence. But yeah, we've had a great time and I hope you out there listening have had a fantastic New Year's Eve and nursing probably the hangover of all hangovers this morning. With uh, us in the background. <laughs> yeah, to uh, hopefully get you through the day. But I mean, even before New Year, we've been really busy, haven't we? It was we're, only a week ago since we had our Christmas special. We're always really busy. We're always really busy. Very busy people. Yeah, we spent Christmas Day at my brother's, played Hungry Hippo's a billion times with my niece. Yeah, your niece loved it. And to be fair, it was fun. I'd forgotten how much fun Hungry Hippos was. Well, for the first five goes, but then, you know, yeah. when you've played it. like And especially when you win. <laughs> yeah, but when you've played it five billion times. But she, it was a wonderful day. She had such fun. We were there as a family all together, for, you know, because we could, unlike last year. So that made a nice change. And she got a space person outfit as well and looked so cute in that. And she was just going around the house pretending she was in space all day. It was really cute. And then two days after that, your brother came over with his, his girlfriend for a proper Argentine Christmas at our house. So we kind of did both cultures, really, didn't we? Yeah, exactly. We had a British dinner and we had an Argentinian buffet. Well, a buffet. I mean, it was like a feast. We're still eating it now. In fact, we bought half the leftovers with us to Norfolk. Well, yeah, there's this thing that I cannot really cook for four people. I'm going to have to cook for a minimum of ten yeah, I know. You really need to work out your proportions and maybe just kind of halving everything you buy and create. I mean, we're fat. We're going through all of it. <laughs> well, I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining. It's beautiful food. We had some really, really nice dishes. But even before Christmas, we were really, really busy. We took my niece on a steam train. Well, Santa special, so she can meet Father Christmas on the train. Uh-huh. And <laughs> the thing that I remember most about that was... As we were travelling along on the train, she looked kind of wistfully out of the window as if she was in some kind of like Victorian melodrama and turned to you and said, it's been years since you've taken me out. Yeah, I know. And by the way, she's three years old. She's three. Yeah. Yeah. So that's been years. To be fair, she's probably right, but it's kind of like all her life. (laughs) But we had a great time with her. In fact, we did it twice. We took our friend's kids on another 
Heritage Railway line in Gloucestershire this time. The other one was in Derbyshire. And they got to meet Father Christmas as well. Mm-hmm. But it was me and you. And we also went with another couple that we know mm-hmm. uh, with their kids, a lesbian couple. So when Father Christmas came in on the train, I think Father Christmas was kind of like, Mm, brain does not compute what is the family relationship here i think that we were seated in a way that it didn't sort of suggest that we were two straight couples yeah yeah so father christmas very clever man father christmas asked one of the girl the little girls um who's that and pointed to one of our friends and she said oh that's mummy and then he pointed to our other friend and she said oh that's mum and then suddenly you could see the blood returning to Father Christmas's face. And he was like, brain, now in gear, I do understand the family dynamics here. And I think he got it, you know, even though we were with our friends' kids that we'd brought for the day. But anyway, there we are. It wasn't a steam engine, that one, though. It was a diesel that we took the kids on for the second mm, one. No one cared. Well, I did. And when we got on the train, the kids were like, oh, if we open the window, we can see all the smoke. I was like, you won't be able to see any smoke. It's a diesel. Yeah, but then they didn't mention it again. And they, they just forgot about it. Because realistically, they didn't. They don't care. They just cared about Father Christmas and the presents. Mm. Let's be honest. The fact that we went twice to meet Father Christmas on trains, it's all you, it's not the children. Oh no, but it was so magical, it's just like being on the Polar Express and, you know, we pretended we were getting the train to the North Pole and they were looking out for Rudolph out the window and everything. Yeah, yeah, and that's all pretty and nice, but at the end of the day, we could have met Father Christmas anywhere in the country. The fact that it was on trains, is you. So the whole outing was like 80% for you and 20% for the kids. No, I don't think that much. 2575. Mm. <laughs> Fake news. <laughs> That's as high as it, as it will go. It is you. <laughs> okay, well, let's move on. Let's move on. We are now in 2022, which is quite scary because it's essentially 2020 part two. If you think about it, 2022. I really hope this is not 2020 part two. Was that supposed to be like a clever play on words? Well, yeah, essentially 2020, you know the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I really don't want to go through all that again. Well, we might not have a choice, but <laughs> let's see how it goes. But it is New Year and it is customary to have resolutions. Have you got any resolutions? I do, but I don't think you're going to like it. All right. So my resolution for 2022 is to start pushing back more when you want to take me to certain places. What, like Tesco's? Uh, no, like, again, all due respect, Wakefield. Oh my god, are we bringing up Wakefield again? Well, the thing is, as you said, we are very busy people. You know me, I'm tired all the time. I could do with not going to places that I really don't want to go. Name a place that you don't want to go and then I won't take you. Um, What's the one that you mentioned yesterday that you had booked for March? Oh, well, yeah, I've already booked that, so you've got to go to that. Exactly, so we're going, but <laughs> I didn't know you booked it. A tour of an ironworks factory in Scunthorpe. Yeah, exactly. So, people listening, it is as exciting as it sounds. <laughs> Can we still go to the Shoe Museum in Northampton, though? Um, yeah, well, but that one, we said that we would go if we were going to go and see Kinky Boots there. But we're not seeing it there, we're going to see it in Wolverhampton. Okay, then... See, that's probably one of the ones that I need to push back then. No, I want to go and see Marie Antoinette's shoes. And they've got, like, Egyptian shoes. I'm sure they've got, like, the oldest shoes in the world. I mean, that's fine. I'll buy you dinner. 
we have a shared economy, so you buying me dinner <laughs> means we are buying ourselves dinner. I really don't like this resolution. Can you have a different one? <laughs> well, <laughs> the thing is, is that I'm tired all the time. Yeah, and you're looking at me as if that's my fault. Like, you know, you have a very demanding job and you like to sleep. So maybe go to bed an hour before and, you know, work less. <laughs> okay, so maybe my second resolution is to rest more. Yes, I like that. Proper rest. I like that. Yeah, proper proper rest. But the thing is, when you rest, you're on your phone constantly or you're reading or you're doing something. You don't sit and do nothing. You're still doing stuff. Okay, I'll aim to do that more. Okay. But I'm still pushing back. Just not every time. Let a few go through Oh, yeah, no, no. It's not, it's not a one-sided thing. It's not like, oh, we're not going anywhere. Yeah. It's just being selective. Because I was hoping that we would go to the shoe museum, like, next week. Mm-hmm. Um, um, let's talk about it. Well, we haven't got many plans in January. <laughs> anyway, yeah. my resolution, moving on. Yeah, moving on. Um, my resolution, I love how we air our dirty laundry on this podcast. My resolution is, I, I, I think I need to lose some weight. This is quite serious. Like, I, I feel like this is my year where I need to get rid of the, the weight that I've gained during COVID times. So does that mean that when we're getting back home, we're getting on the scale? No, I, 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 I'm not going to weigh myself. The thing is, I love food and I love eating and I don't want to suddenly be like, I'm not going to eat, I'm not going to enjoy all the nice things in life because if you can't have good food and good drink, you know, it, it does kind of limit what you can do and your enjoyment of life. But I think for me, it's about being more disciplined about exercise because from working from home more, and I imagine that's going to continue for the foreseeable, so I'm not getting that walk to the train station every morning and to the office and all that kind of stuff. So that's there's a big part of my day where I would get free exercise. Well, not free exercise, but exercise without even thinking about it. So I need to overcompensate for that and make sure that I'm going to the gym more, swimming. And I've already started doing that over Christmas as well. Like literally you since have. we've been off. And I've, you know, I've been blessed that I've had quite a few days off over Christmas. I've been swimming every day and I feel... Already, I feel pretty good about that. And, and the thing is, and it, it is a matter as well of controlling portions. It's Absolutely. not about letting it. But also, you need to remember that salads can be really funny. They tell really good jokes. Have you ever seen those ads always in magazines where these women are holding a salad and they're laughing hysterically at the salad while they're eating? You know, like... Mm, I don't think that's the salad. I think that's somebody's, like, injected them with a the drug or something. I think salads are hilarious. They tell really good jokes. Apparently so. But I do have a resolution for other people as well. For other? Are you imposing a resolution on other people? I'm not imposing. I'm just heavily suggesting. Okay. I've noticed since we've now been allowed out and we can do more than what we could have done earlier in 2021, although I appreciate we're in 2022 now, I've noticed that as we've gone back into the world and we've started going out a little bit more, we get felt up quite a lot when we go out. Yeah, and it's not, I, I don't know, it's not because we're particularly attractive or something of the sort. So I think speak for yourself, Bab. Yeah. <laughs> Who gets felt up more? Uh, you. <laughs> because you're beautiful. That's my case. You're beautiful. But the thing is, it, it has to be said, it's not, I, I get what you mean in terms of a resolution. It's like, for people, it's like, stop feeling us up. But it it sounds far more snobby than what it actually is let's think about this holistically people like us when we go out you know we're larger than life characters both physically and verbally and you know in our outlook on life we want to have a good time 
and people gravitate towards that. But what I want to say is, like, don't feel that if you're in the club with somebody who, you know, who is like us, who's got a beard or whatever, don't feel that you can just go up to them and pinch their bum or stroke their beard without asking. Gay men, and I'm talking about gay men here, in the club or on the dance floor or whatever, are not there for your entertainment. I mean, let me put an example. Let's um, sort of gravitate to a specific example. We were out. Mm Mm-hmm. And there was this guy mm-hmm. with his girlfriend looking, by the way. <laughs> and don't get me wrong, this guy started dancing around me. That's perfectly fine. At some point, he just bent over in front of me and started grinding his ass against me. That's less fine, considering that he's a complete 100% stranger. But then he turned around and just put his hand down my shirt. Mm-hmm. That's not okay. No. And I think there's almost an assumption from certain people that we just have to go along with that. Yeah. That, that's fine. Oh, gay guy, he's up for a good time. Oh, let's just go with it. He'll love it. He'll yeah. love it. He'll love it. That's a good resolution for uh, other people. Just don't be dicks. Don't go out and feel up people <laughs> around you. I'm more than happy for people to touch my beard when we're out and about, but just ask me first. Well, I'm not done... Keen on you, it have, anyway. you have a bigger issue of having a beard felt than, than I do. To be fair, I don't like people touching my hair. Why is that? I, I don't know. I've never asked you. It just, it just feels weird when people touch your hair. It just... I don't, no, I don't like it. It's like, no. But you don't really like me touching your hair, right? No, I don't like anyone touching my hair. Yeah. It's not, it's not a, whether it's you or whether it's But then it's you else. love touching my hair. Yeah. You do? Yeah. But I don't like people touching my hair. Okay, well, I, I feel like we've opened Pandora's box for another episode there, but, you know, this is the New Year special, so shall we take a look back? Let's take a look back, because we are two bears looking back. So, Bav... It's 1st of January, so this is the time of the year where, you know, like, online influencers and celebrities and everyone else that's basically not us do their, like, oh, how's it started? How's it going? <laughs> type thing. So is that what we're, going to, what we're going to do today? Well, this is how it's going right now. Mm-hmm. But how it started, well, what a year it's been. I mean, we're not even a year. The podcast is not a year old yet. I know, but we, we still have two series. Yeah, we do still have two series. We started on the 19th of March, 2021. And we've pretty much kept going, bar a couple of weeks break between series one and series two, throughout the rest of the year. So, you know, hours of entertainment, if you want to call it that. But I thought today we could, you know, look back at some of the best bits, in our opinions, from series one and series two. But if we're going to do that, we have to go right back to the very beginning Exactly, so how it started. How it started. That very first episode, 19th of March, Series 1, Episode 1, National Stereotypes, where we looked at basically what British people think of Argentinians and what Argentinians think of British people. And somehow, during the recording, we got on to talking about our first holiday together, which was to the northwest English seaside town of Blackpool. So it goes with the theme, is what Argentinians think of Blackpool. One of the things we used to do as kids was we'd go as a family on holiday to Blackpool. Now, for those people who are not from these lands, 
Blackpool is basically the UK's Las Vegas. Mm, I wouldn't go that far. Let's... Well, it's 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 not quite like Las Vegas because it's on the on the sea. Yeah, let's just go Blackpool. Charmingly chaff. Charmingly chaff. Well, we were walking along the promenade uh, into the city centre and we went past this place and it was called Pat's 10p Bingo. Basically, it was a, a small bingo hall that cost 10p. And it was owned by Pat. And it was owned by Pat. And I was like, Ben, we've got to go in. And you were like, no, 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 I want to go and see the town and all that. We'll do it on the way home. What happened on the way home? Pat's 10p Bingo was closed. I was so pissed off. And I was like, if if it's, you know, at, at that point, the, the holiday was pretty much ruined for me. But you had your redemption. We went back the next day and Pat's 10p Bingo was open again. And we won big, people. Like, we, big. Big. Big time. This bingo hall was full of elderly ladies. You know, they'd come straight from their blue rinses and they were kind of winning and winning and winning. And then we won a couple of games and we were like, oh my goodness, we might be able to get the Star Wars plushie toy here. I know. It, it was like playing bingo with the cast of Cocoon. Absolutely. But, you know, we joke, but the two ladies next to us knew that we really wanted the Star Wars plushie toy. So they gave us some of the tokens that they won so we could go up and see Pat. We met Pat. And we exchanged our tokens for a little Stormtrooper doll. And we were so happy. Um, and we went back to the hotel. And we've still got the doll now. So, you know, happy mem really happy memories. To be fair, it was a great holiday. So I really, really enjoyed my time in Blackpool. Again, he's charmingly chav. I mean, we did see this guy throwing money and cursing at the guy selling donuts. And the illuminations. <laughs> I, love how, I love how one of your best memories of Blackpool is basically a fight in a donut shop. I think it describes Blackpool very well. Doesn't well it? No, but we saw the illuminations yeah. and we did we did the you know the gay scene. Um, and I said to Ben, I said, if we're going to Blackpool, we have to stay in a bed and breakfast where I can touch both walls uh, while I'm laid in bed. And also that we can't properly fit into the bathroom. And we couldn't. We couldn't barely fit on the toilet seat. And not because we're fat, by the way. No. I mean, we do not have asses the size of small countries. It was just tiny. Oh, Blackpool. Apologies there for the poor sound quality. That was obviously recorded before we got semi-decent microphones that we have now. I now remember those times. <laughs> yeah. It's like listening to a recording from like the 1930s, you know, with like loads of scratches on them and things it, like that. It sounds so far, far away. <laughs> but I still have one of your sort of all-time favourite phrases, isn't it? What? When you refer to Blackpool as charmingly chav? Exactly. You yeah. love that phrase. Well, we did talk about telling the uh, local tourist board about it, but I think they would probably, on balance, they would reject it. Hmm... I mean, we didn't try in the end. We probably should have. <laughs> but I mean, world events aside, for us, a lot happened in 2021. Oh God, a lot has happened in my life in 2021, hasn't it? Well, in our life, really. Isn't well, it? Yeah, it's both of us. We went through this journey <laughs> together. Absolutely. And again, what's amazing about this is that the podcast listeners came with us on that journey. So... Series 1, episode 2, which went live in March, the end of March, 26th of March, we did the Life in the UK test. In which I didn't do well. No, you didn't do well, and we're going to hear that in a second. But essentially, the Life in the UK test is one of the components that you have to complete to get British citizenship. Yeah, and actually, we sort of gone on that journey together, and we share that achievement. So I have a new nationality now. But let's go back to March last year and see what happened when you tried to do the Life in the UK test. Oh, this is going to be cringy, isn't it? 
two more to go. Another history one for you, though. Oh, God, why all of these history questions? When, when did the Roman army leave Britain? Uh, when they sailed away. AD 100, AD 410, AD 630, or AD 43? Ooh. I'm going to say I'm torn between the 400 and the 600 was there. And AD is like our time. It's not like the minus, isn't it? Yeah. After death, I know Domini. Yeah, but it's it's our time. It's not the minus. No. Okay, so... You mean uh, BC? Yeah, that. Uh, Okay, so I'm going to say 600? 630. Let's say. You're locking yeah. that in. I'm locking that in. I think the Romans spent a lot of time everywhere, didn't they? They did, but not as long as you thought. The Roman army left Britain in AD 410 to defend other parts of the Roman Empire and never returned. Okay, so they basically abandoned us. Well, they left us with some nice roads. That is, I do use the Fosway a lot. And finally, question 24. I have to say, I've heard this test described as a bad pub quiz, and I think they've, got, they've hit the nail on the head with this. There's some really weird questions in here but um question 24 i'm hoping you get this who is the head of the church of england is it the duke of edinburgh the prime minister the pope or the monarch okay again i would say the monarch because none of the other ones apply and you would be correct yes i got the last one correct do i get like an extra point for that no Okay, so is this the time where I hear how I did? Yeah. Okay, it's not looking good? No. No. So you answered 16 of the 24 questions correctly. Oh, I was two away. I needed 18. I know. It's a shame, though, because it's 66.67%, which if this was a university exam, that would be a solid sort of 2-1. But um, unfortunately, for the life of the UK test, you do need to get at least 18 so you have failed, you need to pack your bags, um, move back to Argentina or another country that will take you. I'm really sorry. You will not be able to go to your citizenship ceremony, which not only do you have to pledge allegiance to the Queen, you also get a welcome pack. Uh, yeah, but I can also take the test again, another 50 quid. Well, that's £100 down this one, eh? I mean, yeah, but... That's a really nice meal. We could go out for a nice meal. Yeah, but if I'm not here in the country because you're making me pack and move away, then we can't go for a meal anyway, can I just go for two meals by myself. Oh, that's nice, isn't it? So another 50 quid. And then you have to pay 80 quid for your citizenship ceremony as well. Well, yeah, but... Honestly, I I didn't realise how expensive it was going to be going into an an international relationship. Well, you already live with me, so you're kind of screwed whether you like it or not. Just make sure you swat up for the real thing. Okay. Oh, you were being an absolute bitch that day, weren't you? Yeah, I think I must have had a headache or got out the wrong side of the bed or something. I mean, I think you just didn't appreciate how much work and studying and effort was going into uh, that test, given I failed that one. Yeah, but Uh, you took that one blind. You hadn't done any revision at that point. Yeah, I know. That was uh, kind of new, but a lot of work. But all of that effort culminated in the announcement that I made on ep- on Series 2, Episode 29, in November, well, last year, November 2021. Or should we go and see what happened then? Hmm? There's news, everyone. I am now 
British citizen. Did you enjoy that? Did you feel patriotic listening to that? Uh, I felt something. <laughs> You're British. I'm British. All of that rigmarole of going through the life in the UK test, all that paperwork, has it all been worth it? How do you feel? To be honest, Bob, I feel very, very happy. I still feel a little bit in the middle because I'm still Argentinian as well. So I'm kind of like a little bit in here, a little bit in there. Like dipping my toes in a little bit of everything. Well, it's kind of like, I would say you, you've got your feet in both oceans, but I mean, there is only one ocean that separates the UK from Argentina, yeah. the Atlantic. Let's just say that I, I am a citizen of the world. Oh, God. Oh, you've been saying this all week and it's been driving me crazy. It's like, you know, my hobby is train spotting. What's Ben her hobby? Collecting passports. I mean... Jealous, Madge? <laughs> well, it depends. Are we going to get married anytime soon? <laughs> you still don't get the passport. I mean, I just got the British one, so you already have one of those. <sighs> anyway, let's talk about what happened. So the listeners have gone on this journey with us. We were there right at the beginning. We did the Life in the UK test together on the podcast. We talked about all the administrative issues that you had to go through to submit your paperwork. What happened then? So... I got an email. Okay. And that email just invited me to my citizenship ceremony. Nice. Yeah, not that much. COVID hit. Okay. So what happens is your ceremony, you need to pledge your allegiance to the Queen. Well, I mean, you do that every night with me, so. Um, (laughs) Different Queen. (laughs) Now, the thing is, you never did pledge allegiance to the actual queen in a physical form. So you didn't go and meet the queen. No. You did it in like a county council with, and you do it to a photo of a queen. Okay. Of their queen, not a queen, their queen. The queen, as yeah. in Queen Elizabeth II. Yeah, not Freddie Mercury. Not Freddie Mercury and not me. Is it a signed photo though? I don't know, I've never been there. Okay. Because that's the thing, because COVID hit, now the ceremonies are online via Teams. <laughs> I mean, this is just amazing. That, you know, all that effort and all that blood, sweat and tears to get your citizenship, and then it's conferred to you via Zoom. See, a lot of things progressed on that year. So all of the effort got me my British citizenship. And also, our sound quality got much better. Oh my God, so much better. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's like that series where microphones were not great. Where... <laughs> well, we always joked, didn't we? It was like the, the season one filter on RuPaul's Drag Race, didn't we? But exactly. It, it's just so weird when you go back and listen to it, because it does sound like it was recorded in a different era, but it wasn't actually that long ago that we recorded it. But one of the things that I've loved about doing Bareback is that it's not just about me and you. It's also about some of the iconic guests that we've had on the show. And to be honest, when we started the podcast, I didn't even think that we would have guests. So I feel so happy that we've had such iconic guests. 
Well, I think it was one of those things where it just kind of happened. And obviously, the first guest that we had on the show, Gareth, the founder and director of Hunsnet, which has become such a staple in so many people's lives. And it's just such a fantastic platform and events company and, and everything else that Hunsnet does. You know, there's a podcast now and there's a book coming out. And we'd obviously met Gareth just before lockdown at the first Hunsnet event. And we kept in touch via Instagram and we just had this idea that, you know, he would be a great fit for our audience. And he came on the show and it was just an absolute scream. Let's listen to how I, Benja, became a Hun. And now, of course, um, a Hun doesn't go on holidays. She goes on a hollybobs. A hollybob, yeah. So a hollybob is, is, is something that you get excited with your girlies. A girly hollybob. Maybe you go into beefer. Never I beefer. Um <laughs> And it's something that that is not it's not just a a throwaway, you know, quick getaway. This is something that you plan. There's a specific group chat. You know, you're probably sharing a case with somebody else because of the luggage charges. Um, Yeah, you probably like all tipped in on like shower gel and sun cream and stuff. Do you remember those massive kangaroo jackets that you could buy where you yeah. could basically put all your clothes inside your clothes and go, well, so you didn't have to pay the... Uh... What do you mean used to buy? That's the, that's the only way to travel, right? <laughs> so in, in Argentina, do, 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 the, do all of the girlies go on holly, on holly bobs together or, or is it just a, a UK thing? No, so basically they go all together to the beach. They'll get together. They probably get on a bus that takes about 10 hours to get there. <laughs> yeah. So you can imagine the image... Of, of everyone when they get off the bus after 10 hours but then they just they come off the bus already with the bikinis and it is directly to the beach and they are and they are full argentini huns <gasps> argentini huns i want to be an argentini huns yes basically so if i wear sort of an, uh, an argentini hun here in the uk would i i would say something like pizza holly pop to that. I'm learning, I'm learning. <laughs> you are, you're learning really fast, I'm really impressed. This is somewhat easier than the life in the UK test, I think. We also had a very good friend, Dan, who tried, I think in vain, may I say, to help me introduce you into the world of football, but that didn't go as expected, did it? Maybe not. So, David Beckham. What do you know about David? Golden Balls. Yeah. Uh, married to Vicky B, um, Ultimate Hun, and, you know, founding member of the Spice Girls. I think she technically still is part of the Spice Girls. She just kind of dips mm. in and out. But love her, love her. She did a great duet with Dane Bowers. Yes, um, you're going to Vicky B and we are asking about her husband. Well, he played football. I know he played football. He played for England and uh, then he went to America and he played for Samsung Galaxy or something like that. So, not quite. L- LA. LA Galaxy. Samsung Galaxy, famously a phone. So, yeah, I thought that was just a very dry gag you were making there. No, no, genuinely got that confused. Yeah, yeah, of course you did. Why not? So, Bex maybe had his lowest and highest moments in the game against Argentina. Lowest being, you're going to tell me that Rebecca Luz was Argentinian? No. That was probably Bex's lowest moment, wasn't it? I mean... Allegedly, maybe we could say that was his lowest moment, but uh, maybe on the football pitch. And then she wanked off a... Yeah, yeah, Ben. Football uh, pitch. Yeah. Focus. No, focus. I'm talking about Rebecca Lou. She yeah, then wanked no. off a yeah. pig on Channel 5, didn't she? And we're talking about David Beckham Sorry. and the rivalries between okay. focus. 
I'm trying to think of a callback to World Cup Willie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so in no, maybe that's what she thought she was doing. She was probably like, "Oh, I think it's World Cup Willie." Oh no, it's not. I'm just inseminating a focus. <laughs> so the year's 1998. Bex is all over your Heat magazines. Your Pradas? Grazia? I don't know. The only magazine I read at that age was Heat. Heat. Because actually Heat magazine I found was very metrosexual back then. It's much more female orientated these days. But when it first started it kind of, you know, played to to both sides of the spectrum if you were. And one of the great things about doing this podcast is that we've got to know some fantastic people online and in real life. And one of those people is Miss Ruby, a drag queen who started her drag career basically in lockdown. It was something that she always wanted to do and has really blossomed. And we've kind of been with her every step of the way, really. And it was only natural then at some point that we had her on the show. And this is a clip of Miss Ruby, who actually came around to our house. We had a lovely dinner with her and her husband. And she talks about her Italian heritage. So is, is Italian your first language then? Yes, it is, yeah. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah, so, uh, but, but my mum is English. So my mum's from Birmingham, she's a Brome. And my dad's from Sicily. Oh, ciao, Bella. Oh, no. <laughs> All so, right, bad. <laughs> can you speak Italian in, uh, with, in, with a Brome accent? Uh, can I speak? Is that oh, a thing? Goodness. No, I don't think I can, darling. I should have to rehearse that one. That's the thing, I, I, I know. Per me, la lingua straniere è molto difficile. Like. Oh, my yeah, goodness. Like, oh, my God. Brome Italian. Oh. Fabulous, darling. <laughs> We've all got a bit of Italian in us somewhere. Have, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, let's not talk about your ex, but yeah, let's not go there. Mm-hmm. No, no, yeah. may, may or may not have been with an Italian for seven years. Mm-hmm. Really? And now I'm with an Argentinian. Apparently, I've got a type. Well, I mean, you know. <laughs> to be fair, you know. your Argentinian has an Italian passport anyway, so you do, darling. Do. Yeah, yeah. So my great grandparents were Italian. They were from Sicily as well. Wow. Oh, okay. I came out to my dad first, and my dad's like from Sicily. I mean, my dad's like you know. So you, I think everyone that that I've ever told this to, everybody's like, oh my god, how was it? How did it go? And actually, I have to say, my dad, my mum and dad, bless them, they were absolutely lovely. I couldn't have wished for better parents. I mean, you know, yeah, I was really, really lucky. My mum. You know, although British and, you know, but my mum was the, was the one that sort of had that little bit of a, you know, um, initially. But my dad was, oh, yeah, that's right. But my dad's very much like this, very laid back. So I was really lucky with in that respect, actually. So, and Rui, if you talk about your drag influences, if you, um, because you know how uh, drag queens normally have a drag mother. Yeah. Did you have a drag mother? I never had a drag mother. You never had a drag mother. So you're like a drag orphan. <clears throat> I am a drag orphan. That's absolutely. awful. <laughs> Why is it awful? Is she... true though. <clears throat> so I mean, if anyone out there wants to be my drag mother, please I mean, just let me know. If she didn't have a drag mother, it was a drag orphan. But that kind of takes to the question. So I... With the lack of a drug mother to mm. show you the ways of drug. Mm. Uh, so who were your influences? Where did you take your inspiration? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So actually, I was telling you earlier about my, um, my very first contact with drag. So obviously, we said Lily Savage, who's very much, for me, Lily Savage is drag, that represents UK drag. I mean, it's, it's you know, she's fabulous she's she's sassy she's a bit of a bitch she's funny she's you know and, and i love that she's a little bit rough around the edges she likes to drink she likes to, she likes to fag and 
may or may not have taken drugs at some point and you know we don't know you know so I kind of I I kind of responded to that the very first drag queen that I saw live uh, and this was in a little pub called the Jack Horner in Worthing very very first gay pub in Worthing ever uh, it was a drag queen uh, called Dockyard Doris who I think sadly has passed away now oh. but she was a big girl she was a proper drag she was a proper sort of bloke in a frock looked fabulous with huge wigs she was as camp as you like and she was just really funny she sang she did cabaret and so very much like that and that wasn't all we were so fortunate to have so many uh, amazing guests so uh, we also had Heidi Victoria from Pride in Hall we also have an amazing game and uh, game designer manga artist, Isago Fukuda, that sort of talked to us a little bit about Quiz, his main work in the manga. But also, we got to meet so many other podcasters, didn't we? And we got to actually interview and have in our podcast so many wonderful podcasters, such as Stuart from The History of Gay Sex. We also had... Um, Which, I have to say, is one of our most listened to episodes, you filthy lot. I, yeah, I know. <laughs> filthy, filthy. <laughs> We also had Chuck from the podcast Y'all Are Gay, which is something that you still cannot pronounce. Y'all Are Gay. Oh yeah, you did it actually. Ah, I get there eventually. And we also had such a blast talking to Alison and Edward from A Message From podcast. Oh, that was so much fun, wasn't it? We had such a laugh. And actually, we, we recorded the podcast, but then we were chatting for ages afterwards. It was like we were with kindred spirits, wasn't it? And the fact that they are two best friends who live you know, either side of the Atlantic Ocean and are so tight. It's just amazing. They are friendship goals, really. They really are. But it wasn't just other people coming on our show. We also went on a message from, and we actually left them a message for Alison and Edward, which was great. We were also featured on Gayish with Mike and Kyle. Had such a blast talking about what it means to be a bear on their award-winning podcast. And we also talked about the TV that changed us on the podcast, the TV that changed me. We were with Beth and we talked about Queer as Folk, the original British series. So do go and check out their shows as well. Give them lots of love and support as you have done with us. Overall, though, I think 2021, starting the podcast, the big takeaway for me is that we've actually learned quite a lot about each other. I mean, there has been a few eye-openers. <laughs> and I think what started out as something that we wanted to do together has actually been basically a bit of therapy for both of us. Because we've actually talked about a lot of things that I don't think either of us thought we would talk about or either of us knew about each other. You know, we've been together for four years, but there's still lots to learn about each other, including what you get up to when you go and fill the car up with petrol. Oh, God. <laughs> So I do like going to the petrol station. <laughs> what do you mean you like going to the petrol station? Well, who likes going to the petrol station? Because they have really nice chocolate bars there. I've never seen you coming back with chocolate bars when you go to the petrol station. No, do, you, I, do you eat them in the car? I sit in the car and have a Kit Kat chunk. <laughs> this is a full-blown realisation for me that you sit in the car munching on chocolate after you've gone and put 23 pounds with... I I tell you what, because sometimes sometimes I'm like, well, after we've had our tea in the evening, after we've had our dinner, 
we might want to have some chocolate. But if it's like if it's like in the mid middle of the morning when I have to go and get petrol, I'm like, well, if I have some chocolate in the car now and I don't tell Ben, then we can have chocolate again in the evening. And he'll be like, he'll think it's the first time today that I've had any chocolate and we'll be enjoying the chocolate together. It's just like, you know how some people like meditate or do yoga? I just like to sit in a car and eat a kicker chunky. <laughs> You get like high on petrol fumes as well. Why? I actually do sit in the forecourt, yeah, in the car. If there's no one behind me, I quite like to do it. You know, I quite like to wolf it down before I've left the pumps. But usually, I drive just to the side. Oh God, what what has it come to? But yeah, the thing is, is whenever I need to use the car, then I need to go and fill uh, the petrol station, and I'm not going to get you a kit car chunky. <laughs> I really feel like I've opened a can of worms with this one. Yeah, I know. We're going to have a very serious talk after we finish recording the podcast. That bombshell came from our episode Cultural Differences or Just an Asshole, Series 2, Episode 7. Yeah, that was back in June, obviously, last year. But then you kind of had your own reveal in November last year when... Randomly, we were talking about Europe, and then somehow the conversation swerved to our driving habits, and we all learnt something quite illuminating about how Ben Hur sits behind the wheel. It's a thing, I tell you. I think this is more common than what you give credit for. I don't think so. But, you know, I'm a very secure person, I'm a confident person, I don't particularly care about what people, particularly what people I don't know think about me, Yeah. but I have this irrational fear that people are judging me by the speed of my windscreen wipers. So basically, you know when you see someone and it's just drizzling, <laughs> and they have their windscreen wipers like going full speed, like, like full speed? <laughs> you are so weird. I don't want to be that person because I look at them and I judge them because of the speed of their windscreen wipers. So I don't want to be judged for the same thing. I'm sorry, but that's the funniest thing I've ever heard. Everyone has, to some extent, an irrational fear. Mine is that one, and I can assure you that I'm not the only one. Well, I think we'll, we'll put it out. We'll put it out. We'll put it out to the listeners. I'm sorry, can we just stop there? (laughs) I'm so sorry. I mean, I love you with all my heart, but the whole windscreen wiper thing, I just don't understand it. That you're sat there and, you know, you are petrified of, like, upping the ante on your windscreen wipers because somebody might... I mean, what do you think that somebody is going to think of you if you've got them going really quickly and it's it's only, like, a bit of spitting, a, a mild rain? It's psychopathic. <laughs> it's like, people are going to think I'm a flipping psycho if I have, like, my full-speed windscreen well, wipers. people are thinking of that already, the fact that you're concerned about it. Well, but they don't know I'm concerned about it. Well, you've just shared it on the podcast <laughs> to the entire world. And I'm sure that we're going to find people who have... The same, the exact same irrational fear. And it was confirmed. We had loads of messages after that episode that confirmed that everyone judges people by the speed of the windscreen wipers. Who knew? Who absolutely knew? It's a thing. Well, there we are. (laughs) 
But yeah, I think for me, that's been one of the big takeaways, the fact that I feel like I know you through the podcast a little bit better. And our listeners know us, well, I don't because they didn't know us before. <laughs> I mean, they know a lot. Yeah, now they know a lot. (laughs) Poor things, poor things. I should feel exposed, but I just feel sorry for our listeners, the things that they had to find out about us. Well, guys, Happy New Year. Thank you so much for tuning in to our New Year special. And thank you very much for listening to all of our crap all this (laughs) past year. What do you say that people who listen to our show, you call them? Masochists. Yeah, there you go. You no, masochist we... bastards, we love you <laughs> We do, and we really appreciate every single one of you Has downloaded and streamed the podcast over the past nine or so months All of the messages, we've had a lot of emails, messages on Instagram, on Twitter An awful lot on Facebook, all of our socials We really, really appreciate it And I think, you know, being honest about this When we started doing the podcast We said we will do it and we will see what the reaction is And we were blown away by the reaction that we got from people. Absolutely. We thought just, you know, a few of our friends and our mum would listen to us. But the fact that people are tuning in from all over the world, and when I mean all over the world, you know, we've got core listeners now in the USA, Australia, Chile, Argentina, of course, uh, all different parts of the world. Remember, there was a, a, a moment in time where we were the third most listened podcast in in cyprus indeed indeed so if you're listening in cyprus or any country in the world shout out to you guys because you have you it brings a smile to our face every day when we get a message from you or or somebody you'd like something or, or whatever you do however you choose to get in touch with us we cannot thank you from the bottom of our hearts but i do have to say if you are enjoying the podcast and you haven't done so yet please go on to Apple Podcasts, if you listen to us through Apple Podcasts, and leave a five-star review because it all helps. And now you can also do reviews on Spotify. So go on Spotify and give us a five-star review, please. Thank you. And because we like torturing people, apparently, Series 3 is coming out. Oh, yes. Friday the 4th of February. Put that date in your diaries. And not in pencil, in pen. I mean, Permanent marker. It seemed like you were surprised about it. Did you forget that Series 3 is coming out? <laughs> no, 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 no. More debate, more games, more guests. We cannot wait. And we've already started work on it already. 4th of February, Friday 4th of February. In the meantime, we'll still be posting on our socials. And we definitely want to hear from you. Tell us what is it that you would like for us to discuss on the podcast, new topics, or just say hi. Yeah, we're at Twitter at BarebackPod. We're on Instagram at BarebackPodcast. We're on Facebook. Just find us, type in Bareback in the search bar and you'll get us eventually. Or you can send us an email at BarebackPodcast at gmail.com. Well, all that leaves us to say is thank you once again for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed our New Year special. And it's only, what, five weeks until we're back? Only five weeks, but it's just one day into 2022 still so i hope everyone has an amazing 2022 sending lots of love all around the world to wherever you're listening to us bye we'll see you soon bye